Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Spartan Pride Podcast here. Fans first. Sports Network. Jonathan Shop with you today to preview the Iowa game. The outlook moving forward. And hang in there. If you're tuning into this thing, you are a super fan. Hang in there, Spartan fans. Better days are ahead. Maybe better nights. Iowa, never an easy place to play fans right on your back, historically pink locker rooms, and a generally sweet and human gesture at the end of the first quarter. This is a big stage for Iowa at Kinnick Stadium, 7.30 Eastern. A lot going on there. Not an easy place to play traditionally. Always tough. Even the best Spartan teams have had a tough time playing in Iowa. A couple of quarterbacks have massively face planted in Iowa. We're talk about that today as we preview the outlook moving forward, the trip to IC, Iowa City, on this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Shop back with you, hanging in there. You're hanging in there if you're checking this thing out, and it's good. This team is supposedly talented, ready to go, ready to compete again in the Big Ten East at the start of the year. They have not shown anything to suggest that that is true. And I would suggest to you that in reality, it is not true until they show it. Now, the Michigan State offense has problems. We're going to break them down very simply and in shortly succinct fashion. They have to be able to block. They have to be able to pass block. They have to be able to run block. If they cannot run block effectively, and they have not done a good job of that, Lately, 
They really haven't done a good job of it this year, starting from game one. If they can't do that, Iowa's very easily going to turn them into a one-dimensional team and look out for turnovers and struggles ahead. Also, if Michigan State has, let's say, three bad series in a row, Harlan Barnett's got to make a move. It's not always the quarterback's fault, but the quarterback is the biggest piece of the offense that can be changed to provide energy and options and vitality. Harlan Barnett knows that. He was at Michigan State in 2012 when Connor Cook came in to win the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl. He was at Michigan State in 2013 when Connor Cook took the team over and they ended up finished third in the country. The following year, fourth, the year, or fifth rather, the, the year after that, they, they made the playoff. None of that happens without the quarterback. If Michigan State's offense struggles, and if they struggle to block, which sometimes happens, they got to be willing to try Caden Hauser or Sam Levitt at a much quicker clip than they did last week when the Maryland game was really put away by Michigan State's indecision and slow moving uh, to change the quarterback. Let's see if Harlan Barnett learned from that. I really hope he coaches this team the way he wants to coach them because as many people know, just ask Luke Fickle how long it took him from the time he was an interim coach to the time he got a head coaching gig. It's not that easy. It's not guaranteed. Look for the offense to do something. They need to find a matchup that they can try to hang in with. They're not going to exploit Iowa's defense. It's way too good. But whether that's pass to run, whether that's passing on half the first downs, whether that's basically passing by default to a tight end and going from there, whatever it is, there's a lot of money spent, a lot of money invested in Michigan State football, in the offensive coordinator, in the offensive staff. They need to show something. Again, the players are going to be fine. The players will be fine. The coaches, they got some real, real serious stuff at stake over the coming weeks. You are not going to help your coaching resume for a job next year anywhere if you did nothing to develop this team in 2023, regardless of what happened to your head coach. That's not the point. Everyone in Spartan Nation is looking for the offense to do something tomorrow night at Iowa City. The key to it is blocking quarterback play from there. Let's see what they've got, folks. We are ready to see what they've got. Jonathan Shop, Spartan Pride Podcast, Outlook Moving Forward, the preview of tonight's game at Iowa City. Now, if you're looking for a part of Michigan State football that should have success on Saturday night, you are absolutely looking at the defense. Iowa has ripped off 24-20-41 against Western Michigan, or I'm, yeah, and zero against Penn State. Got totally shut down. They got whited out, if you will, at the whiteout at Penn State. It was ugly. It was pretty ugly. 20 yards rushing for Iowa. 56 yards passing. Now, this is going to make going up against Michigan State seem like a holiday. So if Iowa explodes, it would not be a shock. It's not necessarily a total indictment on Michigan State. It's sometimes a natural adjustment to, oh my God, we're not playing a team that's just suffocating us as soon as the ball is snapped. At the same time, Michigan State defense, you want to show something? You want to show some improvement? Win the battle up front and you can have a field day with Iowa because they are offensively a mess. 
They are offensively right now the closest thing to the end of the Mark D'Antonio era that exists in college football today. I said that. You already know that. Absolutely you already know that. You talked to Hawkeye fans this summer. You talked to Hawkeye fans in the airports, on the traveling around, running into seeing Iowa gear here and there. They all know what's going on too. And there are no great fans of Brian Ferentz right now. And there's really no sign that they're going to get anything going. So by default, people are down on them until he shows and they show otherwise. Is that going to happen tonight? If it does, really bad sign for Scott Hazelton and the entire staff of the Michigan State defense. This is a game they can really step up. Now, special teams, who knows? I really like the kicker Michigan State, Scott, and you could say I am biased because he's from the DMV, the V part, Northern Virginia specifically, just like me. It's not a bias. He's just a good kicker. He's got a good leg. He's got good form. I think he's got a really good mentality, which is a huge key, of course, to kicking and putting for any of you out there still looking to get some rounds in before their leaves fall and it gets too cold. Michigan State special teams could do something to surprise us. They have not been spectacular yet. I'm going to repeat this again. There were a lot of folks that thought there'd be a change made to the coordinator position during the offseason. There was not. I'm telling you, expect a significant change next season. And for Ross Ells, he should be looking for some real development and improvement for that unit between now and the rest of the year uh, for the better of his professional prospects moving forward. Now, this is the outlook moving forward. We are looking at it. And we're going to talk about one-on-one matchups. Traditionally, Iowa and Michigan State, and I'm talking about First of all, Kirk Ferentz has been there since I was a sophomore in college. He's been there forever. And I was at that game, his first against Michigan State. I think it was 49-3. to He still talks about it to this day. Might as well start at a bottom point, right? He's still there. Uh, during the bulk of the D'Antonio era, the complete D'Antonio era, that, 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 that's what I'm talking about. That Iowa and Michigan State were very similar. They matched up a lot. There was some medium bad blood for some things that went on during games. There was some bad blood carryover for recruiting flips and whatnot. And in reality, Michigan State and Iowa mostly matched up pretty evenly, but when Michigan State was good, they had a they had a physical advantage. The 2015 um, obviously Big Ten title game is, is the best advantage of that. And Michigan State's near insanity to run the ball every single play get bailed out by Connor Cook's option to end up winning, to score to win the game with the L.J. Scott reach. That was because they had a physical advantage, and they did then. Right now, I don't know that they do. And if Michigan State looks out-athleted again, it's a really bad sign for the work that's been done during the Mel Tucker era. 2020, basically, you you don't even need to count it, but 21 and 22, there's guys on this team now uh, that are great athletes. We've, we've seen them. We need to see more of them. We need to see more of them with the ball. We need to see more of them making plays. A lot of eyes are on Jordan Hall in the defense, and they should be. And they're also um, on the back end where Michigan State has a terrific defensive back in the making. He is in number 42. 
43, Malik Spencer. Malik Spencer is a big player for this ball club. He is a Georgia kid, which means obviously he was coached up pretty well. He is coming along in the back end. You've got Jordan Hall coming along in the middle end. And of course, you got Tony Idolay, the big guy up front that people are starting to take notice of, a former five star that transferred from Texas AM. Hey, if you're the defense uh, of the Spartans, you are looking to this as an opportunity to advance yourself. And you're talking about the one-on-ones. Those are three levels of the defense to take a look at. We're not going back into the defense. We're talking one-on-ones. That's where I would look for it there. On the offensive side of the ball, you need to see some agility out of the line. Look, Iowa's defensive line is really good. It's been good for a long time. It's, it's going to be really good tonight. You can guarantee it. What does Michigan State do to it? You know, there's some running backs in there in Michigan State that want to play at the next level. You're going to have to block somebody with some authority and show that you can handle Iowa's defensive line. If you can't handle Iowa's defensive line, you're not going to get a shot to handle an NFL line. So blocking is going to be a key. And obviously, receivers have not gotten a lot of separation. I don't expect them to get a lot of separation with Iowa, given how strong they are defensively. Um, Look for the one-on-ones all over the field. Out of the 11 players on the field at a time, just kind of get it, figure in your own head how many the Spartans won, how many the Hawkeyes won. This is going to be a challenge for Michigan State. One-on-ones, they need to measure up. If they don't, it's probably not going to be a good result. Intangible-wise, Iowa has the intangible edge here. They just got blanked in a whiteout game. They know they have a good team. They know they have a good defense. They are looking to bounce back here with Michigan State and then get rolling in their division as they've got the next four, starting with Purdue at home. So for Iowa, this sets up the bulk of their division play this year, and they need this win. They've got the intangible edge. For Michigan State, we just don't know how many of the 105 kids can come together. We understand what their captains have said coming into the week, and that's great. That's what you would want to hear from them. What we need to see is what transpires on the field, what kind of coaching improvements have been done so this team can block somebody and and can move the ball and can put some things together to avoid giving up the big play, can execute special teams, that kind of stuff. That's the only intangible stuff that Michigan State has. You get the edge to Iowa there. And it's not that you have to give a coaching edge to Iowa because Ference has been around since I've been in college. He's got a huge issue with his offense, doesn't he? But coaching, there isn't much of a... Look, the Iowa staff is really good on the defensive side of the ball. Some of you kids don't know Phil Parker actually played at Michigan State. He's been in Iowa forever, but he actually played at Michigan State, learned under... George Perlis and Nick Saban. He's a terrific defensive coordinator. They got an answer for everything. And obviously he also trained under the unbelievably great Norm Parker. Phil Parker, Norm Parker, no relation, just two Spartans way back when. Coaching-wise, Iowa's got an edge. There's just too much uncertainty and chaos, uh, really, in, in the lives of the Michigan State assistants. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast. I'm Jonathan Shop. We're looking ahead to Iowa We're going to be back and wrap this thing up. Spartans at Iowa, 7.30 on NBC tonight. Jonathan Schaub, Spartan Pride Podcast. We're wrapping it up here. 
The Iowa game is not going to be easy on its best day. You're going into Iowa City, one of the best environments for any, uh, really one of the best home field advantages traditionally in the Big Ten. And that's before they even closed the stadium in. Now the stadium's closed in. It's got the hospital there. It's got a crowd and a fan base that is anxious. You know, in a lot of ways, Iowa football is in a similar spot to Michigan State football 2018, 2019, through that end of that D'Antonio era. They are in nearly the same spot in many ways. They are looking for a massive performance and wake-up call and roar from their Hawkeyes tomorrow night, especially on the defensive side. They are almost looking to flip the script on Michigan State from what happened last week at Happy Valley when they lost 31-0. to Iowa is going to be hungry. How hungry will Michigan State be? That may be really the determining factor of whether this game is competitive or whether the Spartans get blown out for a third straight week. Keep that one in mind. Get ready for the game. I hope you enjoyed the outlook moving forward, a preview for Iowa. Feel free to share this thing around before the game kicks off or come back and point and laugh at it after if I got something wrong. I'm going to talk to you Monday as we'll look back at this game. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. Take a look around. You're going to find coverage of all the kind of different teams and schools you may want to check out. And I will talk to you again Monday.